Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, welcome to the bullpen today, everybody. And this is going to be, needless to say, a very interesting uh, bullpen episode. Uh, And what I'm going to do, I have several guests in here today, and all I'm going to say is uh, all the farmers and ranchers and all the guys out there, you should be very jealous right now because I am in a room full of very attractive, very intelligent women. So, and then there's Pat, the IT guy in the back. So we'll just let him go. But uh, anyway, thanks thanks for uh, tuning into the bullpen today. And uh, we're going to start out. I'm not going to introduce. I'm going to let everybody kind of introduce themselves. And let me give a quick description of the setup here today. We have uh, four in-guest studio. And then two, we're doing uh, Facebook. So if you just kind of get a picture in your mind how we're doing this all together uh, in the plush studios of Parkville Media here in beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. So uh, we're going to start Amanda from South Dakota. You want to give us a little bit of uh, your bio info? Hi. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. And uh, my name is Amanda Radke. I'm a beef producer from South Dakota and a blogger for Beef Magazine. Perfect. Okay, how about how about Amanda from Minnesota? Um, hi, guys. My name is Amanda Hillbrands. Um, my husband and I run 160 head of Semitol and some Angus cows here in West Central Minnesota. Uh, we have two production sales a year, and I also work for LiveAuctions.tv. Awesome. Okay. Gina from Chambers, your turn. Hi, I'm Gina Pospisil from Chambers, Nebraska. And um, I am actually a school counselor by day, but I'm a ranch wife and and cow-calf producer by night. Uh, My husband, Barry, and I work, um, I I help out my dad on his ranch uh, west or east of Chambers, and then Barry works on his dad's ranch west of Chambers. And um, Barry and I, along with our sons, AJ and Bo, we run about 100 head of Simital and Simangus cattle, um, and his dad has about 450 cow-calf pairs. So um, we just love the rural lifestyle and and, uh, enjoy the production aspect of it. Awesome. Okay, Angelica, your turn. Hi, guys. I'm Angelica Metzger, uh, originally from Asheville, Nebraska. I'm currently a senior at Northwest Missouri State University, where I major in animal science with a minor in ag communication. I'm not a beef girl, but I'm definitely in the pork industry, so I'll give you my side on the pork side. Yeah. Okay. And what, I mean, what, uh, just maybe clarify just a little bit, what class, I mean, you're up here from Northwest Missouri, is there a Pacific class that this kind of ties into? Um, yep. So for one of my minor at communication, it's required to take uh, ad advocacy. Ag advocacy. Okay, there we go. Um, and in that, we are uh, participating with Animal Agriculture Alliance's College Aggies Online. And okay. so that's what I'm doing with advocating for agriculture. Okay, perfect. Okay. And I know you, everybody can't see this, but off to my right, Amy. 
Hi, I'm Amy Cook from Ashland, Nebraska. Um, I'm a veterinarian. Uh, I grew up on a farm south of Gretna, um, have spent some time out in western Nebraska, um, also spent some time working in feedlots. Uh, in addition to, I, I used to work for Les and Lauren um, at the Seaman Center, but uh, currently uh, went yeah. back and, and got some she get, a little she, more she, education. She got, she, got <laughs> she, she got tired of us and decided to go get educated. So, so, so went yeah. back and got my vet degree at Iowa State. And I currently also run about 40 head of uh, cows with my, my husband and my father. Um, so it keeps me kind of busy. Okay. And off to your right, Amy, who is that fine looking lady? <laughs> that would be... Your wife, the Susan. Wife. Oh, she can talk. So, I am the wife, Susan Vogler, wife of Leslie. Yep. So what's your qualification? My qualification, I guess, is that, um, in, you know, the beef industry um, is our way of life. I was recruited from the city life. I absolutely love it. Um, so I recruited you? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he kind of drug me in, but what he, yeah, what he didn't in, realize. Yep. Okay. He was trying to uh, recruit another hand, but what he didn't realize is, you know, I I had a lot of learning to do. So. Yeah, uh, just a, qu a quick story before we dive into this whole thing. And this, we're, it's called the bullpen. And uh, we were, we've been married 20 years now, uh, and we sell cattle. And we just had had a sale, and we were in the sale pen sorting calves and helping load for some customers. And I can tend to be a little bit uh, bossy and tell people what to do because I don't want them to get hurt. Snarly. And she, she kind of looked at me and she goes, "Don't, don't say that. I'll walk out." And I said, "No, you won't." Well, I said, "Go over here." She looked at me. Okay, see you later. She no. walked out the pen, so she was gone. Customers looked at me. I said, "I guess she told you, didn't she?" So, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, but no, love her to death, and she's here, and I think she has some great ideas. So let's get. I mean. The reason why we're all here today, I think, and I don't watch the show on TV or follow her, but uh, there was a lady that said some things that got us all a little bit triggered. Uh, so, Amanda, Amanda Radke, what are your, I mean, you've, uh, your life has changed within the last few days, I, I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a little different change of pace this week, that's for sure. Um, I saw Ellen's video on Instagram, uh, which essentially said uh, you should stop eating so much meat to save the planet and for the betterment of our health and the animals too. And she used the hashtag uh, be neat, eat less meat. And I really just want to make clear, I don't have a problem with her, you know, eating plant-based or eating differently than me or not eating beef because I'm a beef producer. Um, I believe in consumer choice and freedom at the grocery store. And so what my big issue was is just the misinformation that she presented about animal agriculture and beef production in that video. And so my open letter um, that I posted on beefmagazine.com really was just a plea to have her and her fans hear me out and kind of hear the other side of the story. And so we dispelled some of those myths and um, yeah, it, it kind of took off from there. I, uh, I didn't anticipate it, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's the mm -hmm. power of social, social media and stuff. Uh, we kind of get the word out there. And as we go along here, ladies, if anybody has anything to say, just jump in because we're all basically just at the coffee table talking. So, uh, Gina, tell us a little bit about, about what triggered you and what made you post your post. I actually, we had parent-teacher conference night, uh, 
And one of the resounding themes um, as I was visiting with parents was the effect bloods had on the students. And we're still recovering. Um, we're in northeastern Nebraska. We're still recovering from the floods. Um, and right now, you know, circumstances are pretty dire in our area when it comes to the agriculture industry. And that night, um, I went home and my husband and my children and I, we sat on the couch and we watched And the Floods Came, which is a wonderful production by uh, Nebraska Public Television. And that morning, I, I happened to get on social media, got on Instagram, and I saw Ellen's plea uh, to eat less meat, and it just kind of struck a chord with me. And I uh, also wrote a, an open letter to Ellen. I never had the idea of publishing it. In fact, I have a habit of writing things and putting them on social media and then deleting them right away, um, <laughs> you know, because I realize that maybe I say something that might offend someone. Or And uh, anyway, I went ahead and I published it, and I was getting ready, and my sister who lives in Oklahoma, she said, Gina, can I make this public? Like, I'd like to share this with my friends in Oklahoma. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, go ahead. And um, I had meetings all day on Friday and I, I, I was getting texts and I had my phone on silent and people just were telling me, they're like, thank you for standing up for our industry. The importance is we need to educate. I, I feel that there's so much negativity in the world that education is key and that we can really make a difference if we share the facts and we share information about our way of life. And uh, so that was kind of what my message was. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's what we want to do here today is, is give the facts. I mean, none of us in here have anything against Ellen. She can, but it's, she has a huge platform. And for her to get up and maybe say some things that she said that aren't factual, but then her followers are going to believe it. And it really was kind of a gut punch to all of us in, in the, not just the beef industry, but the whole ag industry. So Amanda from... Hillebrands, I see you're shaking your head there. What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, when I when we first saw this whole thing come out, my first thought was awesome. One more thing we get to freaking deal with. Right, um, exactly. You know, and it doesn't surprise me that she did it. Um, honestly, I was kind of surprised she probably hadn't done it sooner. Yeah. And I had sent you last um, what was kind of a book on, on Facebook. Well, you and did. I, I, went to go, I went to go put it on, our, <laughs> on your page that you tagged me in, and my Facebook crashed. And so I was like, oh, maybe that's a sign. <laughs> so I'm glad you invited me on this podcast so we can talk about this a little bit. Um, you know, as an egg community, like I said in my message, our, the waters get muddier every day. And the things that we have to deal with, the challenging things, whether it be the weather. You guys, you had Dr. Jamie on here not that long ago talking about yep. BS. Um, the challenges that consistently face uh, our own, like our own little, we get so wrapped up in our own issues and you know the fair trade thing uh, fair markets that's got to get figured out but uh, things like this happen and it snaps us back to reality in a hurry because mm -hmm. if our consumers aren't eating meat they're not consuming what we're producing we got a huge issue right well, we got to go back to the basics and uh gene i love that you're involved in the school district um we have a four a four-year-old that's going to preschool this year and i have her teacher convinced to let me bring a baby calf in this spring um, so we can start at the ground with these kids and you know, we got to have this conversation with our own kids too Because they're gonna get faced with issues like this at school They're gonna have friends that say oh, I don't I don't eat that because it's not good for me And we need to equip them to tell their friends give them the information like no meat is good for you Like you know, just yeah. get that information out there But you know our four-year-old her besides her barn kitties her best friends a 2400 pound bull Yeah, and he loves her just as much as she loves him mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, starting at the ground, getting that message out there, keep sharing your thoughts, keep posting, start annoying all these naysayers, like show everybody what's going on in your daily lives, whether it be 
shoot side from the tractor, you know, let people know what's going on. They, they want to see at the end of the day, I think people really care about how their food is produced right, and they exactly. want to see where it comes from. Yep. Just get that message out there. Yep. And they want to make sure it's safe and it's good. <clears throat> and that's where I think we need to do, we need to educate. We need to keep educating people, whatever format, whatever platform it is, but we need to educate them with the facts and we need to be, do it in a way uh, that they're going to listen. I had a good friend, Chris Effling, up in South Dakota, said, Les, you're going to catch a lot more with honey than you are vinegar. Well, and you know, and that's exactly right. Yeah, on, I mean? on the education side of it, I, I look at us as a group and, and realize that uh, agriculture producers are they're a very busy group. And I think in the past, our priority has not been getting that message out. And thinking about the message about uh, Ellen and the planet and how beef isn't good for the planet. You know, actually, I, I think we have like the the um, nature's recycling vessel and we're, we're not advertising it. Yeah. We have a ruminant animal that can take a corn stalk, a low quality piece of, of, of uh, you know, uh, fiber, the equivalent of a rice cake to a person yep. and turn it into a steak. Exactly. Holy smokes. Yeah. You talk to producers around the countryside, and I, I think it'd be it's interesting the U.S. the the byproducts and the consumer waste of U.S. products that we can actually then feed to a cow and produce another product for consumers. You know, cereal plants. Where does that waste go? Into cattle, and it turns into another good product instead of going into a landfill turns into a protein source that's right a protein source ethanol distiller's grain byproduct that we can put into cattle and turn into a protein source cottonseed holes you start going down that list we have the best recycling vessel that can take a product that is a waste product from consumers and turn it into another viable good protein product you know i think we forget about that uh, and it's it's healthy too. And I mean, yeah. and you as a vet, I mean, we hear all the things. Okay, the meat's full of, they pump them full of antibiotics and do all this other stuff. Well, let me just kind of throw this out there. Uh, and I wonder, uh, yeah, if Ellen gets sick, do you suppose uh, she would go to the doctor and take an antibiotic, <laughs> or would she just uh, waste away? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she'd probably go take an antibiotic. Yes, and it's it's very easy for them to say, oh, you pump them full antibi antibiotics. But what incentive is that to us? There's none. It's expensive. Our, our yeah. incentives are to figure out how to do things low stress, herd health, keep those animals, you know, healthy and happy. So we don't have to spend the money on antibiotics. That's no one's goal to put no. antibiotics into an animal. Certainly if they're sick and that's our, our avenue back to health, yes. But uh, that's certainly not a focus. I don't yeah. think of any any animal animal ag producer out yeah. there. Well, yeah. and I think that just uh, illustrates that when you're a cattle producer, you care about those cattle. You do everything you can to make sure they're comfortable. Otherwise, it's uh, counteractive. Uh, they aren't going to produce. You do actually care. I mean, um, people in the livestock business they don't do it to get rich. They don't do it for fame. They don't do it for fortune. That's not why you married me? They do it. <laughs> well, because I get good steaks. There you but, go. Yep. Um, they do it because it's a passion. Um, and it gets harder and harder. It's, it's our livelihood. So when, when you target the meat industry, you're actually threatening our livelihood. Yep. You're threatening a lot of consumer products. I mean, a ton. You wouldn't believe that everybody uses 
um, vaccinations, things that you don't even realize that are animal byproducts that um, the world would be hurting and people would have to do an awful lot of changing to their lifestyle um, if the meat industry went away. Well, you know, and I was thinking today that this really, with Ellen's words, it's been a pinprick to corporate corporate agriculture. I don't feel that corporate agriculture is going to go away. What this has been is a hemorrhage to our local producers, our local farmers and ranchers who right now are already reeling for from low prices and financial insecurity. And ultimately, she played into the hand of corporate agriculture because there's always going to be a need Um for protein sources, but I feel like the heart and the soul of the agriculture industry, our local producers, has taken a huge hit with this. And like I said, it's a pinprick to corporate agriculture because they have the finance financial means, you know, to survive this. But um, you know, your local producers who every day is a constant financial struggle, they might not bounce back from this well, as easily. Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, Amanda Radke, I mean, you've done a lot of interviews. What, what uh, and and. and uh, goes back to Ellen in the process of this what's been what have you what have you learned in this whole process um you know I I think as producers we need to think about it from what is our consumer getting and so every single day they go on social media or read from their news outlets that um, you know producers are destroying the planet and cow farts are the you know greatest emitters of (laughs) greenhouse gas gases right Um, so I don't, I don't blame them for thinking the way they do. And so often, you know, I, I have to flip the head a little bit on like the education sentiment because, and one thing I told on a podcast yesterday is the second someone would come up to you and say, I'd like to educate you, you put your guard up because you think, well, why don't you think I know I, I read, Mm, you know? And so I like to kind of flip the conversation to, well, what are our shared values? Hey, Ellen, I hear that you're concerned about the environment and nutrition and the animals too. And I am as well on my family's cattle operation. And here's where we maybe have those shared values and we can connect because let's face it in agriculture, we have all the science and the research research to back up literally every single thing that we do, but science isn't sexy, right? It doesn't make a good story. It's not appealing, but what is appealing is each and every person's individual story, that family farm and what they're doing um, to be the greatest stewards of the land and the animals and to provide nourishing products for humanity. I mean, that is really the story that we need to be celebrating. And I honestly think if we are just our true and authentic selves, um, that will resonate with folks. Now, of course, I say that and I can see on my Facebook right now, the vegan activists have found me in a huge way this morning. I don't know what happened. They finally got it. And I am being called some of the most crazy things. I'm I'm now a zombie serial killer, which is like a new spin. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's interesting. But I also tell people don't focus on those, you know, overzealous crazy, just people you're never going to be able to make. Never convince some people. Right. So let's just focus on the the housewife or the mom of three who wants to feed her kids something nutritious and safe and something she can feel good about and can afford. And let's talk to her about some of the misconceptions that are out there and, you know, level with her on the same playing field. Hey, I'm I'm not just a beef producer. I'm a mom too, and yep. I care what I'm feeding my kids. And here's why I feel good about giving my children meat in their diets. Right, exactly, and that's that's what I think is so great about this format that we've been offered here, because it's it's a room full of ladies talking 
about a passion and what they love, and they're, and they're educated. They're they're speaking facts and the truth, and that's what we need to do. And you said something that kind of resonated with me. Don't go up and say, "Hey, we need to educate you," because you're right, man. That makes you clench your fist and put your guard up. Hey, let's talk. We all got this. We're all here for the same same reason. Let's have a conversation, and we can agree or we can disagree. But you know, don't. Uh, don't just get mad and, and argue with me right away. Let's just get along and, and let's see what happens. So mm-hmm. I think something that's uh, really interesting about what Amanda said was actually something that my professor said in class last week. Um, we need to not go about it as educating people, like you said, but we need to realize that as producers, food choices are a value-based decision mm-hmm. that you make in the marketplace. Um, and we also have to go along with the idea that we're eating the same thing that these people are eating as well. Um, it, I think a lot of consumers might come about it and look at us as, well, they eat something completely different than we do. So they're not concerned about what we're putting in our body. And I think that's completely false on the fact that I go to the same Walmart, the same hy V, and I'm going to put the same stuff that you guys buy in my body as well. And so I'm just as equally concerned about what's going on in production You know, like there's just stuff like that we need to realize. And I also liked um, how you said moms need to stick together uh, because moms are one of the biggest groups in the United States that can change ideas about agriculture. Um, You know, if one mom, a lot of facts people get are no longer from, you know, like you said, science isn't sexy. We're not going to get facts from other people. Moms are going to get facts from other moms. And so that's kind of where we need to start in and go talk about, because if you can just change one, not change one, but help understand the values that we have as agriculturalists to one mom, that might be able to change a whole group of mom bloggers or anything like that. You're exactly right. Yep. And speaking, I'm since Pat and I are the only guys in the room, but uh, I will agree women are much more persuasive and uh, people will listen to them because if a guy's talking or a man or a rancher, they think... Yeah, he's full of testosterone or whatever. You're just going to BS me. I'll, but they will listen to a woman. Trust me. And we're, most women are the ones who go do the grocery shopping anyway. So we're the ones that end up making the decisions yep. at the end of the day what our families are going to eat. Because exactly. I know my boyfriend's not going to go to Walmart and buy groceries unless I tell him. And if I pick it out, then he'll eat it. But that's where we have to make the consumer decision as well as the producer's decision. You hear that, honey? He's not going to the grocery store. What? Take me out. Well, and as the college student, you're in a really great place to be an advocate as well, because that's where kids really determine their value systems that they're going to take into adulthood. It's the first time they're out grocery shopping by themselves, you know, without their mom and dad, you know, telling them what they're going to eat. It's the first time you're making those purchasing decisions and looking at the price and the nutrition and the different labeling and marketing claims on these products. And so really it's, it's that generation of kids. Are you, are you Gen Z now or are you still in the millennial? You're I Gen don't Z. even know what it is, but I don't want to claim it. So <laughs> yeah. awesome. well, you're the, you're the up and comers, the next generation of consumers and what values that you place on the foods that you want to feed your family someday. Um, it's determined right now at the, at that age in the late teens, early twenties. And so um, college students can be uh, huge players in sharing our agricultural stories. Yeah. 
You know, one of the major criticisms that I've gotten since my Facebook post, if you've seen the post, I have a picture of my 10-year-old son um, mm. yep. with one of his uh, bottle calves. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've got a lot of backlash at is how dare you use your son to promote <laughs> this. And, you know, my son and, and both, both of my sons are the future of agriculture. They're the reason that my husband and I get up and do what we do every day because they are what um, agriculture is all about. And, you know, so to the to the criticism, I say these are the faces of agriculture. I think all too often when we think about ag, um, you know, the poster child for agriculture is my father and my father-in-law, the older, you know, more uh, wrinkled, grizzlied uh, looking men. And I think that agriculture, we need to really share our stories as mothers and and as women in agriculture and even share, you know, I, I, my children, they have a life experience that very few um, people in, you know, urban areas get to experience yeah. every day. And, uh, you know, I, I wish that more kids had the same opportunity. My kids have a work ethic. Um, they know the value of money. They know the value of they know where their food comes from. And so I will continue to to share my children's stories and my family's stories because that is the future of agriculture. Exactly, exactly. And uh, Amanda Hillebrand, I mean, you can kind of carry on that comp because I'm guessing um, you're in that younger generation. Yep. No, absolutely. And, you know, just to play off what she had just iterated here. I mean, my daughter's the first one. If we have to go out and help a cow deliver a calf, I mean, she's the first one there. She's the one that's giving me the chains, like, Mom, get it out. Like, she's yeah. the one that's, you know, stick and strap, it snows. And, you know, the moments that we get, when you get that baby calf to sneeze after you've had a backwards Oh, pull, it's the best feeling you know, in the world. It is the feeling of joy that yep. you get out of that, even if it's only for a couple minutes. You know, as producers, we go through some pretty worrisome days. Yes. And we have more challenging days than probably most people in the city do. And you get those moments like that, like how lucky are we that God put us in that position to experience those things? You know, and those are the things that we need to push out there. Those are the things that people need to see, like, yeah, like we, we did this. We saved this baby calf and, you know, the corn's coming up out of the ground and it's going to be a great day. You know, yep. just focus on the positivity of it. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, in, in, in this whole conversation talk, I remember in my youth go, showing uh, cattle at Exarban or the state fair, they would always, the bus loads on maybe a Wednesday of the school kids would come in. And I'll be honest, back in that day, I'm like, dang it, here comes all these school kids again in here walking, taking up our room. But sitting here looking back at it today, knowing now, I, I wish I'd known then, that was a great thing because the, the the inner city kids were coming and seeing what was going on. And right now, I think a lot of those kids think they think their food is produced in the grocery store. So this is something, and I've, I've, I haven't mentioned it to my brother or, or my mother or anybody else yet, but this is something that we're going to do as Vogler Cattle. And as long as we get the okay from everybody, maybe one, one Saturday a month or a few times a year, I have a few connections with some teachers here in, in town in Omaha, offer them to come out and spend a couple hours on the farm, see what's going on. And uh, if mom won't cook a mistake, maybe my wife will, or maybe I will, we'll, we'll just bring them out, show them what's going on actually out on the farm and say, here we go. This, this is what we do. You either like it or you don't, but this, these are the facts. So that, that's something that I think we're going to start to do in the future as, as Vogler Cattle and Vogler Siemens Center and Nebraska Bull Service, just try to inform the younger generation and show them that actually what we're doing is okay. 
So when I encourage anybody else out that has an opportunity to do that, to maybe to maybe do that, because that's where it all starts is from these from the younger generation. So and and that oh go ahead. I was just gonna, oh I was just gonna say as far as the youth, um, being from the city. When we first uh, were married, and I went to the Cass County Fair here in Nebraska and saw the kids interact with their animals and the genuine love they had for them, um, the responsibility they had, um, you know, they were, it was such a, it was a teaching experience, uh, the whole worth ethic that I've seen in our daughters carry forward as they've gotten older that. Um, it, it's it's sad to me that a lot of kids don't get exper- don't get experience. But I was so impressed. Um, it's teaching kids that you take care of the life of this animal. Um, you respect it, and um, like I said, it, it, I think it's just maybe uh, offering an opportunity for more uh, children to experience that. Yeah, our farm kids are so blessed. You know, they, they, and we, we kind of took this for granted too growing up because that was right. just the way it was. You took care of animals, everything was taken care of before you took care of yourself. And the first time I experienced people not that I realized, like, oh my gosh, and everybody knows this, I was 15 and I won state fair with the steer the first time. And I had somebody come up to me and said, when is he going to have a baby? <laughs> and I'm like, can you just think about what you just said here? Like, when is he going to have a baby? I'm like, well, first, <laughs> so then I had to go in, you know, through the whole like anatomy of my steer and whatever else. And that was the first time I was like, oh my gosh, like not everybody knows this. And yeah. I just thought everybody knew it. Yeah. You know, we we, we take it for granted too much. So. Absolutely. I, and I think it's all about meeting the consumer where they're at. And right. so one of my passion projects is going into schools and, um, I've written a couple children's books titled Levi's Lost Calf oh, and, awesome. and New Cow Kids. And yeah, and I've traveled the country going into the classroom and, and talking to those kids. And yeah, like Amanda, I've gotten similar questions. Um, you know, I always ask the kids afterwards, you know, what what do you want to learn about ranching? And the first kid in a school, school in California said to me, uh, well, Amanda, how does the baby calf get into the mama cow? <laughs> and like, well, well, we're not going to tackle the birds and the bees here. But I said, well, do you know what a boy cow and a girl cow are called? And they didn't. So we talked about bulls and heifers. And then I said, well, go ask your mom. Yeah, the rest, t- you know? t- ha- have them tune <laughs> into the podcast, the bullpen sometime here. We'll, yes, we'll yeah, explain that's, that's that. That's probably so. not. Uh, that's a little R-rated. Um, but, but my point is, is our... The young kids, the little kids, their exposure to animals is their beloved pets that are part of their family and also the Disney effect where in every movie it's the animal that's the main character that has the broad range of emotions um, that walks and talks and and the rancher or the farmer is kind of the side character is yeah. often the bad guy or um, and so that's kind of what I focused when writing my books is I wanted to flip the switch and make it all about the the person who was the steward of the land and the animals and their relationship to, um, you know, producing food. And so, um, yeah, it's no wonder kids have a really hard time grasping that circle of life that farm kids so innately understand because that's their experience with animals is something far different than what what we're used to seeing, you know, on the actual farm or ranch. And so, um, that's a difficult lesson to teach outside of agriculture, um, but it is one that I think about when I'm trying to present this information because, um, again, they don't have that personal experience of seeing new life born in the spring with a baby calf, but also 
you know, the sadness you might feel when you lose when a baby calf yep. or you have to say goodbye to your market steer. Yep. Um, 4-H kids get it. And yep. so, again, that's a really tricky, delicate balance of, of trying to differentiate between a beloved pet and, a, you know, a show steer. Yeah, exactly. So put a little plug in. Where, where, can, where can we find your books? Sure. Um, people can check out my books either on Amazon or amandaradke.com. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I uh, sell a few graphic t-shirts that are farm themed too that oh, are pretty fun. We, so love, I just, we love t-shirts. So Yeah, dabble in a little of everything. <laughs> but I uh, sure appreciate anytime, you know, people tell me they, they buy the books and donate them to local schools or libraries. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what they're about. And they were designed to go into the classroom. So it's kind of my passion project. Yeah. Awesome. So let's let let's let's get back to Alan here just a little bit. I mean, what kind of message would would anybody hear at this roundtable if you were to sit down and Alan was across across from you at the table? What uh, what would we say? And and I'll just uh, I mean um, Amanda Hillebrand. I'll, we'll start with you. If you were if Ellen was across from you, what would you say to her? I would encourage her to be open minded. Um, I would, I'd love to bring her out to our farm and actually show her what all goes down on a daily basis. You know, we, we don't abuse our animals. Um, we, they, they live better than we do most days. <laughs> um, if you get four H calves that happen to live their summer in a cooler, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't have air conditioning in their house, but we take extremely good care of our calves and, you know, the, and meat in general, and now I'm Amanda Radke, you know, you can, can throw some stats out here about, you know, the protein content and, you know, the low, I think it's 2% on emissions of what cows actually right, produce. Exactly. Yep. You know, it's just like, give us a chance to tell our story. And I think you'll see another side of it. You know, like we don't tell you how to provide for your family. You probably don't need to tell us how to provide hmm. for ours. Excellent point. Gina, what, what, if, if, if you were, if you and Ellen were riding down the car to get, you know, just having a conversation, what would you say? Well, I would hope that we'd be riding down the, the lane to the ranch because I would love to be able for her to share that experience because I think that, you know, just having the knowledge of, you know, calving season is always my favorite time of year. And I think that that's the best time to show what it is that we truly, truly do. But if I had to share with her a message, it would be um, kind of reiterating what Amanda said, like, give us a chance. Let us share our stories. Um, let us share our side of things. You know, I'm I'm not one, I don't have the statistics, and I'm not one to always, you know, fight an argument with statistics, but I can fight with passion and I can fight with there heart. You yep. And, um, you know, because I, I think sometimes data can be skewed, however side, you know, mm, you want to, yeah, you, you can, can always skew the data. Yep. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's about knowing our stories and knowing our livelihood and the role that we play in society. Um, you know, to do this, uh, you know, eating less meat campaign, that's her opinion, but she's sharing her opinion. She has a platform where she can reach millions and millions of people. We don't have that platform. We don't no. have an Ellen in our corner. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just want her to be more knowledgeable about um, how how our um, livelihoods depend on the ag industry and how the United States relies on the ag industry. Mm, absolutely wonderful. Ahmad Karatki, I know you're kind of on a, on a time limitation. Yeah. If you... If if Alan was with you right now across your desk, looking her eye to eye, what would you say? Sure. Well, I have been told that her producers have read my letter. And so in there, I do break down the, the nutritional, the animal welfare, and the planetary side of things that I, I would hope she would really read and consider. But if I guess if I had to leave 
you know, Ellen and, and all the listeners here today with one message is if we truly want to impact planetary health in a positive way. And, you know, if we're not looking at reducing our transportation use or electricity use, which are the largest contributors to greenhouse gas exactly, emissions, yep. not the beef cow. Right. Um, but if we truly want to make one dietary change, it shouldn't be going meatless. It should be focusing on reducing our food waste. So right. 40% of the food we produce here in the United States goes uneaten. And so we really need to respect the harvest, utilize what we purchase and bring home to our kitchens, and also um, be mindful that one in four kids goes to bed hungry at night. And so when I think about these politicians that want to limit the animal fats and proteins in the school lunch programs, for mm. example, um, it breaks my heart because that might be that kid's only good meal in a day. So for example, and this is kind of off topic, um, but in New York City, Meatless Mondays have been implemented by Mayor de Blasio and 75% of the kids there qualify for free or reduced lunches and 10% are homeless. Um, and so the idea of limiting a healthy, nutrient-dense product like beef from their meals one day a week um, is heartbreaking to me yeah. as a mom who pictures these kids going to bed hungry at night. So food waste and helping alleviate hunger in this country by, you know, finding ways to get food, at it, which is affordable and abundant here in this country, but getting right. it to the people who need it most and having policies in place that restrict that food from getting to those kids um, is really something I'm very passionate about. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I So I, I had no idea that they did that in New York City. Was that just mm -hmm. recently or? Um, within the last, it started at the beginning of the school year or maybe last school year, yeah. but he's running for president of the United States. Wow. So yeah. let that sink in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone that doesn't believe meat belongs on the dinner plate and he wants to lead this country. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it is. So Angelica, what are, what are your, if you and if you and Ellen were in the same class at Northwest Missouri, you were her, you were her instructor and she was a student. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've watched her show before. Because, yeah. you know, okay. you see all the famous people that go on in the, on there and you like to listen to some of the interviews. And she always ends the show with be kind, exactly. you know. Yep. And I don't think the comment that she made in the video was very kind no. towards an industry. I think um, we as an industry, we say we're an industry, but I think we're a tribe of people, not... Uh, we're a family, I think, as yeah. all agriculturalists. We really stick together. And I don't think... Um, she realizes how passionate we are about the animals that we take care of. I would tell her I didn't grow up on a farm. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know where I'd be without FFA or 4-H. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what values or lessons I would have learned without showing pigs, without getting involved with Cass County Fair here in Nebraska or doing any of that. And I, I would love to take her, you know, out to a farm. Um, even with pigs and just be like, here right. you go. Exactly, yeah. These, these animals are so well taken care of. Right. I worked on a production farm this last summer slash, uh, genetics company mm -hmm. here in Nebraska. And you would be surprised how hum like humanely these animals are taken care yeah. of, you know? And I think that's the point of getting across is we care about these animals more than anything. Yeah, and exactly. we would do anything for these animals. We Sorry. would give the last amount of our money to take care of them. We would do literally anything. Not and whether yet. that comes from antibiotics or just humanely just euthanizing them, just doing whatever we need to do. To take care of them. Yeah. yeah exactly. Because and a lot of us sitting here, if we're in the cow-calf thing, I'll bet you there's not a person in the room here that hasn't carried a baby calf in, put it in your own bathtub, warmed it up, left it in the house, put it in your pickup, done whatever you could 
to save that animal. You're giving it mouth to mouth resuscitation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've done that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Doctor Cook here. So, Ellen comes to your vet clinic. <laughs> well, what are you, you going to say? I'm pretty sure from our conversation today and uh, the statistics that have been put out there um, that are real statistics, as well as as my just true belief that. Uh, we have nature's recycling vessel in front of us. I'd say, Ellen, if you truly want to go green, you need to buy a cow. There you um, go. <laughs> yeah, right. love it. Uh, it's way more green than recycling plastic. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, I, I think if we want to go green, let's let's get some cattle. Um, there you go. I think Amanda needs to make that a T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> go, go green, buy a cow. Yeah. Uh, but I do think as a group in in agriculture, we need to make a, a continued uh, drive to be inclusive. To be inclusive, just like you've talked to the people that don't have the experiences we do, stop and answer their questions. Firsthand, if they have a question or we can introduce them and show them that, one, we really do care about these animals and we take great care of them. Um, in the past, I think, as, as agriculture people, you know, uh, urban people are kind of, well, they're not in our world. And we can't have that attitude because they're our consumer. Um, so I think it's it's really we have to take the time to be as inclusive as possible and and help them understand um, just just how passionate we are about this industry um, and, and taking care of these animals in the land. Okay, awesome, Sue. You and Ellen. Um, me coffee and Ellen. table. Oh, uh, that would be a lot of fun. Maybe over a bottle of wine. Uh, <laughs> even better. So. Uh, I would I would first tell Ellen that I think she is an amazing entertainer. She's very talented. Um, she has to be extremely sharp to have gotten where she is today. Um, when I heard the message, I was uh, I, you were triggered. I, I well, I was triggered, but I also uh, kept thinking, what what actually is going on here? Because I couldn't believe that she made a broad blanket statement like that, that was actually an attack on the uh, small farmer of this wonderful country that we live in. Um, I'm all for protecting um, animals, uh, making sure that they're all treated humanely. But you can't just make a broad statement um, like that when it comes to um, people's livelihoods and the care that we do take of animals. So... Um, I, I guess my message to her would be, you know, please, please consider the message you're you're putting out there. Yeah. Um, I get where you're coming from, but I think you might need to think a little further and um, look at the people of this great country that are feeding and providing um, uh, an industry that contributes to so much in the uh, consumer products yeah. and health market exactly. as well. Exactly. exactly. And has, has this whole thing kind of took, took uh, the ball started rolling. I got, I had a lot of text messages and stuff coming in and, and I'd like to read just, just a couple. And this one, this one kind of, it made me think a little bit. It, it comes from uh, Michelle Canning. I think, I believe she's in Kentucky and it says, farmers and livestock producers need to know this is not about meat. It's about getting rid of us. Socialism always begins with eliminating the independent and self-reliant farmers and livestock producers, which is one reason it always ends in famine. Understand history. Okay, so think about that a little bit. What are they? What is the large group really trying to do? And if you look at some of the people running for political office today, we need to really, really take 
think about that. So, and uh, hang with me here. I've got another one here if I can find it. Not to get too far into the political aspect of it, but it seems like that particular group, you know, for a group that preaches understanding, compassion, loving, you know, respect for everybody, um, there's a lot of hate coming from that side. Like, yeah. why? Right. Why is it? Why is it so hateful? You know, like, throw your own facts out there. You know, you have your opinion. That's fine. But there's no need to, like, be straight up disrespectful about what we do. Exactly. You know, I think uh, that comes along the lines of also a lot of people from reading some posts from the agriculture community also threw a lot of hate towards Ellen. Right. And I think along the lines of that, not. Not as someone, I really don't care what her sexual orientation is. I don't care how her hair is cut. I don't care. Um, and I don't think a lot of people care. No. But I think it comes along the line that, yep, that one side does come out with a lot of hate towards us. Yeah. But I think you need to, like Les said earlier, you got to fight it with honey, not vinegar. And I think along the politics side, you know, I haven't been around in this world for very long and I haven't voted in very many elections, but... My views on it is when it comes to our value systems, we're never going to be able to change anyone's minds unless we sit down and we talk to the person as a person and we don't exactly. talk to them as an enemy. Right. And and if we can sit and talk and actually have a conversation and not an argument. Yeah. And right. I, I think, and especially coming from a, a school that's in a rural area, I never really realized that I would be targeted for so much hate for being an ag person. Yeah. And, you know, I finally sat down with some kids from inner city, Kansas City, and I said, well, let's just talk. And at the end of the, I think it was a three-hour conversation freshman year, it ended with let's agree to disagree, but let's also start preaching that I'm not going to shove what I believe down your throat, and don't you throw shove what you believe down my throat. Let's just, as a group, understand. And like Amanda Radke said earlier, you know, marketplace shopping is a freedom of choice and a, it's a value-based thing. But when it comes to politics, sometimes the best thing to do is leave politics out of it and just talk about, you know, your your side of things, your story, and tell your story. Because sometimes I think bad, bad agriculture takes over compared to what good agriculture is. Exactly. That's great points. Well, and we're so natural to snap real quickly because we're so passionate about what yeah. we're trying to protect. Right. You know, we're here. We are trying to feed a country that thinks we're trying to kill them. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And just another comment here comes from a good friend of mine in California, uh, Darren Spears. He goes, he goes, it's ridiculous. I genuinely think Ellen is funny. I also genuinely think the entire Hollywood agenda makes them go off the rails. I could care less about her sexuality. I do care a great deal, though, when she uses the platform of cool and elitism to attack a different way of life. I won't attack her way of life until she attacks mine, and she has now. I'm opposed to the stupid shit she is spewing about the world and that, frankly, she knows very little about. This is really heartbreaking and, and that these folks can't just leave well enough alone. Beef is best and delicious. That's from Darren and... California. You know, as I think of those comments, though, I this is really a publicist dream for Ellen. Oh, I mean, we're promoting her yeah, with we are. every yep. single, you know, 
conversation we have about this. I mean, it's a a publicity dream. And I think the thing is, is that it can be used to both um, help her career, but it's finally given us an opportunity too to, um, you know, share our our, uh, experiences in the livestock industry and the agriculture industry. And, um, you know, he's he's right as an entertainer. I mean, every time that an entertainer says something that gets attention, they are not only sharing their platform, they're also promoting themselves exactly um you know in their career well the and it kind of goes back to my comment about you know and this is not to knock entertainers but um there's such a difference between what drives the um the meat producer and the small farmers um in their industry is passion it's a love it's a love for the land it's it's a love for the livestock versus and i'm again i don't want to knock we all love entertainers it's it's um it's good for us to be entertained but um you think about what you look at an entertainer they're driven by fame they're driven by fortune and i'm not saying that's that's wrong or right, but um, I, I would just like to encourage them to use that responsibility when, when they say something. Um, yeah, what to gives, think about what, what gives them the right to get on their platform and talk about us without facts? I think we we don't we don't really talk about them without some facts, of the responsibility so. has to fall back on every single person though. Um, you need to use your own mind. Right. Um, and just an example, Ellen, her show is wonderful. It's a feel good. Um, it lifts people's spirits. Um, it's the venue, though. That's what the show does. It goes out and finds people. It it gives them money. It makes their lives better. Um, but I think that where we, just the viewer, have to be careful is that we're not then placing Ellen on um, a pedestal. A pedestal yeah. that's um, any better than the person who's raising your uh, your the meat and the food that you eat. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, as an agriculture as a group, I think when we we come up against these things and um, I think the best thing we can do is one, show tolerance for for views that are different than us, Um, you know, not attack a person, um, get down and dirty, but use tolerance and then and and then just facts. Uh, And I think, you know, that that's pretty neat thing today um, is just the 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 true hard facts of of what often are presented against agriculture and how skewed and and often uh, misrepresented they are. Um, but I do think we, we have to, to approach it with, um, some, a little bit of self-control because we, right. we do are very passionate oh, yeah, about the topic, yep. um, <laughs> as a group, um, but, but have our facts and, and, um, also try and make it a, a, a positive conversation, whether or not in the end they, a person wants to eat beef or not, that's certainly their own choice, but you'd certainly like them to have the right information about right, exactly. why they're making that choice. And when you teach your child values, do you really want to teach them from somebody that's on a TV? Or do you want them learning from your community, um, the hardworking people in your community? So that's just something else. Exactly. Jeannie, do you have anything else to add to this discussion today? Well, I think, as I said, I think that... um, Ellen's remarks have opened up a great opportunity for us to have a dialogue and all members of the ag industry come together. I mean, uh, without her words, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be sharing our thoughts. And, you know, I think we can use this as an opportunity to promote uh, information about agriculture and share our stories and try to just reach out to um, 
to the world that, uh, you know, how, how agriculture works and what, and do our part. Um, I know that I thought, you know, if we could share more positive things on social media, make it less polarized and less political, um, take the politics out of it and, and make it about truly working together and, and, you know, trying to promote our industry in the most positive way possible and use kindness in order to do that. Yep. And and kindness is from, like I said, I don't watch Ellen, but that's kind of what she preaches. Right. right? Kindness. So Amanda, you have anything? We're kind of closing up here. You have anything else you'd like to add? I think we just need to keep it a hot button topic. Um, You know, we need to continue, like you'd said, doing the positive message right. um, continue to show people what we're doing how we care for our animals you know like I, I mentioned earlier we get really wrapped up in our own little ag issues and like the stuff like this it snaps us right back to reality and, and you know we need to continue to reach out to our customers and reach out to the consumers and you know those moms that we talked about and definitely keep the, the good facts and the, the positive image right. in our favor. Exactly. Okay. Angelica, anything, any closing words you have on your mind? I do have a few. I would like to uh, share the, in this class for ag advocacy, we came up with the definition of agriculture uh, up to you and asks you, what is agriculture? Um, we as a class came up with this. Agriculture is the industry responsible for the production and research of food, fiber, and fuel. It is an evolving industry working towards meeting the ever-changing needs of consumers. Agriculturists are dedicated to utilizing science, engineering, and technology to feed, empower, and clothe the world. Agriculture is the business of processing, marketing, and distribution of agricultural products. It creates thousands of jobs while bridging the gap between producers and consumers. Mm, That's awesome. And I think that's important to go along with. Um, And that, uh, that also... that description of agriculture triggers some questions for people that can continue the conversation absolutely so yeah okay so i want to thank everybody for coming in we're going to start wrapping up the bullpen uh but uh before before i go i I have some thank yous Uh, first of all i want to thank parkville media pat and jt for allowing us to have this platform to get together and uh to let us come here and kind of take over their studio for today uh and i really thank you guys very much for doing that uh and then one one other thing uh for those of us in studio amanda sorry you're not here but uh a good buddy of mine or he's become a good friend of mine has an awesome pizza place that serves serves a hamburger pizza and i'm just going to throw it out there he's not a sponsor but uh if anybody's in the greater omaha area paisons pizza at 15605 west center road verzal there you go uh, check out Paisan's Pizza, best pizza in Omaha. So, uh, as we end the, the bullpen today, uh, once again, you can check us out at VoglerSeaman.com, Nebraska Bowl Service, or Vogler Cattle. And uh, thanks again, everybody. Have a wonderful week and uh, go Huskers. A Parkville Media Production.